Hi, this is the Zane Lowe Interviews on Apple Podcasts, and I'm Zane Lowe. Zane Lowe, Apple Music. I'm a lifelong music fan who's lucky enough to get the chance to talk about music and life with some of the world's greatest musicians. It's been my job for the most part as long as I've been old enough to hold one down. And being in the room with the artist is a place I feel incredibly comfortable. And the idea is to take that comfort and, and at times search for the uncomfortable places so that we can learn more about the craft of making music with the people who use it to make it. Right now you're listening to part one of a two-part interview that I did with Kanye West. And I can't really remember whether or not this is the fifth or sixth interview I've done with Kanye West, but I do know that every time that we speak, there is something that Kanye very much wants to get across. And I actually really appreciate how he uses the microphone and the camera and the experience of doing an interview to very much focus on his agenda at the time. It, it makes for a really focused conversation and I have no problem going along for that ride. In this particular case, Kanye West had very swiftly turned his attention to religion. As an artist, he had very well documented his ride into the abyss of drugs and alcohol and sex addiction and made some incredibly compelling music along the way. But coming out the other side of that and deciding to focus on his devotion to God has made for an equally compelling era and opened him up to an entirely new audience whilst equally challenging his existing audience to accept his new role in servitude to God and decide whether or not it goes further for us than just his music, his art, his fashion, his dedication to the culture. That's what he's trying to put across. That's what he's trying to push. And we went out to his ranch in Wyoming, which, which plays a significant role in this new journey for Kanye, completely isolated, surrounded by thousands of acres of land and very much the kind of place where you go to be still and have an internal conversation and try to connect with something bigger than yourself which is what we did. And we also talked about music because that's what he makes, along with many other things in this part one of a two-part interview right here with myself, Zane Lowe and Kanye West. Thanks for bringing us here, man. This place is, uh, this place is spectacular. This is, I was saying before, this is the kind of place that you fly over and you wonder what's going on down there because it's just doesn't, you don't feel like there's anything within you know, a thousand miles and we find ourselves in this isolated place. How did you find Wyoming? Why Wyoming? Why here? We recorded the last album in Jackson Hole mm. and I just been looking to get a place, but I, I, I've been looking to get a place here and I was looking for multi, a multi-thousand acre property and Jackson Hole didn't have any properties available over 500 acres, because mm. I was looking for a place to set up the Yeezy campus. Mm -hmm. So uh, we found out about Cody and we came here. And when I first got to the ranch, I was expecting something really green, because that's what I was used to. Mm -hmm. uh, so I didn't like it when I first got here. And to Aaron? Yes. But by the time I was, it was time to leave, I loved it. Mm. And I was like, wow, these are actually the Yeezy tones right here. <laughs> it's They're true. Actually, it's true. It actually is the, the palette. Now that I'm thinking about that, that makes me kind of want to put the other jacket back on. I'm like, wow, <laughs> I want to wear. <laughs> the fleece is good. You look good. Yeah. And the fleece just feels like, you know. It's in the Jesus is King palette. Oh, yeah, that makes it make sense also. You talked about easy and people wear fleece 10, 20 years now. It's more of a future. Well, I wanted to ask you idea. about 20 years from now. You talk about Yeezy Camp. What is this place in 20 years? I have some 
visions, but the more that I'm in service to God, I just clear my head and just wake up more empty mm. every day and let, and let God do the, the driving and just use me as he may. So, you, you, you know, you make plans and God laughs. So if I told you the plans, I could tell you what, what would happen six months from now, not 20 years from now. So we're, we're building farms here because of the climate and because of the soil. Mm. We're gonna have hydroponic cotton, wheat, hemp, and we're developing our own fabric. So we're gonna go from seed to sow, from mm -hmm. farm to table, so we can see the entire process. Full sustainability. Yes. Which is a concern for all of us, but, but is present on your mind, the idea of a sustainable future. We gotta sustain, right? We do. Yeah, and for me, I know we're, it's an interview and we're doing talking, but the reason why I didn't wanna say 20 years from now, but say six months mm -hmm. from now is, is, is really not about talking, it's about doing. Mm -hmm. So we are doing, we are in the process right now. I can, I can tell you what I'm doing. Anything else is just yeah. I got to talk. You know, uh, I think the original plan was for you to to use your interest in architecture and, and, and to build something that, that that gave to the community and expanded into the community from a, from Calabasas, mm -hmm. and that didn't that didn't manifest itself for one reason or another. Permits was that the reason why it couldn't happen out in California? Well, it did manifest that I was able to see it get done, mm -hmm. but you know. I was in California building my domes mm. and they said my dome was 10 feet too high. <laughs> right. That, and they tore it down. That kind of semantic. But think about what they're saying. Mm. Kanye, your dome is mm. too high. Mm. We got to tear it down. Mm. So they came to me and said, you have to tear it down. But before I even had the opportunity, now, mind you, this is on my own 300-acre property. Mm. Before I had the opportunity, they already went to press with it mm. to be like, and by the way, we're going to show everyone mm. and tell everyone that we're tearing down your dome. So what did that say to you at the time beyond the actual, <laughs> actually, the 10 feet? What does the 10 feet say to you more than anything? It was the 10 extra seconds that it takes to get a like back mm. when you put something on Instagram, that extra waiting time. Mm. Slow yesing people and slowing people down is one of the most popular forms of control. How many times have you had an idea and you just get put in traffic through mm. the bureaucracy? Mm. So I don't deal with the traffic at all. Bon. Any situation where I just be sitting waiting. I'm like, because it's power versus force. I'm not gonna force anything. I do what I have the power mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. And if I have to force it, then it's probably not a situation I need to be in. When I come here and I see the kind of world you're living in here and the kind of environment you, that, that, that you will create six months and beyond, I just wonder what, and, and the transformation you're going through as a human being, what a city like LA feels like when you go back. It feels a bit cramped for my mind. When you drove here, you didn't see a lot of extra no. noise. It was the road. It was nothing and then just God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you see all of the, the billboards, the, the traffic billboards, yeah. when I say traffic, I'm talking about 
the billboards are actually sex trafficking. Because if a guy is arguing with his girl or something and went through something with his wife, and on one side of the street, there's a billboard for spirits, just alcohol. And on the other side, it's called this number, or it's a picture of a, a woman on a billboard that says, come to this strip club. Yeah. And he goes and he spends some money just to sit down and have someone to talk to him. At the end of the night, when they close up the club, they say, how much traffic did we have? So there's all different layers to trafficking. Like for me, Playboy was my gateway into full-on pornography addiction. My dad had a Playboy left out at age five. And it's affected almost every choice mm. I made for the rest of my life mm. from age five to now having to kick the habit. And it just presents itself in the open, like it's okay. And I stand up and say, you know, it's not okay. Yeah, you must be incredibly aware now that you've yeah. got to a point where you are actively turning your back on the coping mechanisms that you've been using throughout your life, right? In order to function from that moment in time through to, when did you first start to acknowledge the idea of being born again and, and, and absorbing your faith whole, like completely, not just as a Christian walking through society, but actually like in servitude? When, when was that approximately? It was like approximately April. Okay. It was after Coachella. Yeah. You know, yeah. God was using me and it lined up amazing. Like literally the Sunday was Easter Sunday. Yeah. But I remember when the hair dye, you know, was placed on my head that morning before Coachella and it hit my head and it felt cold mm. and I didn't like it. I had an aversion to it. And then when the guy was dying it, I didn't even like how it came out. It had like too much white in it and the tone, it was like purple and white. And I was like, I don't like this, but I had already planned to have like this purple, you know, uh, outfit and this purple hair dye. And, you know, I wouldn't have the, I wouldn't have the time to sit and do anything, you know, like that now, because I'm, you know, using my mind to build what we're building with farming, mm -hmm. what we're building, we're bringing manufacturing back to the States within the next two years, Yeezys, you know, we're, we're gonna bring them back to the States. Mm -hmm. We're creating factories where we have in, injection molded shoes. We're gonna be hiring uh, people through the prison reform. Uh, I don't like to say the word system, uh, but second chance people. Mm. And just, you know, people gave up on manufacturing. I'm, I wanna, I'm talking about uh, the purple hair for a second. Go. But then I want to jump into how we had given up on manufacturing and said, let's just like manufacture overseas because it seemed like it was what was easier. Yeah. And for me as a founder, it's really important to bring these jobs, you know, back to, back to America. Why? I mean, more specifically, what, what affected you that, that part of the process of building easy offshore? Let's start creatively. I had this idea 
for a new boot that we did. And actually the design that we did is very similar to something that we now just saw in a Balenciaga show. So a lot of times me and Demna, the head designer of Balenciaga, will have similar mm. ideas. Like mm. when we did the 700, they did the triple S at the similar time. So, you know, I built a factory in Canoga, California, so we wouldn't have to go to the factories in China. But 30% of the machines were still in storage and it was never built all the way to not have to go to China. So mm. the team went to China. Mm. They're working on this boot. I call it the motorcycle boot right now. And it's, it's stuck in customs. So I still haven't seen it. I said, do we have a picture of it? Or we don't even have a picture of it. Whereas when I have like this gentleman Caesar that works in our office, we'll have an idea and he's just pulling the foam together and molding it right there. I mean, by the end of the day, you get a physical idea of yeah. what once was a Photoshop. So for us to be able to rapid prototype, we have to rapid prototype even the, uh, what we're doing with the way spaces are. You know, it's like we've been stuck in a loop and we gotta break the loop. And that's one of the reasons why I took the denim jacket off, even though I love the, 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 the color, and put on this polar fleece because the idea is more in the future. And the fabrics, we're looking at the fabrics, are we gonna use traditional cotton? cotton or are we using the polar fleece? What impact does the dye have? Mm. And we're studying if we can control the color from the seed. And that's when you go seed to sow because a lot of times you have a separate cotton factory and then they send it out to be cut. Then it gets sent back to the cotton factory. Then it gets sent to dye. And we've been talking about things like screen printing to apply color mm. or mm -hmm. dipping it in a different way because we're just looking like nylon is a five-story building. So when we're going seed to sew and I'm looking because I like the nylon, we have nylon in here, I'm saying, oh, wow, we need to, we got to have fabrics that don't take five-story buildings. I was going to say, you know, <laughs> before we were talking and started filming, I was talking about how- I want to get your opinion on why it's important to bring manufacturing back to the States. I mean, I've only been here four or five years, but I mean, I know that it's important to the country that there are jobs here and that there are things happening in the, within the country, within the space of the country. I mean, you know, from mm -hmm. my point of view, I know that there is a huge amount of deliberation over manufacturing and, and, and conditions and wages and all sorts of things offshore. And, you know, I know from, from people, from talking to people in fashion, talking to people in all kinds of industries, that, that there's a desire to control that more, to be more in control of, of um, how people are treated and how things are made. I mean, it's really about control. We have to be in control of our own minds, mm. of our own food, our health, and our families. Well, that's what I was going to say. When, you know, when, when I arrived, yeah. I said, I didn't know whether this was you know, 3,000 years, whether yeah. I'm 3,000 years in the past or 3,000 years in the future being on this ranch because it's so isolated and, and, and really you're in the elements apart from this cozy environment. We're in the elements right here. This mm. has just been planted in the middle of the space. Like. Mm. Um, and, and it sounds to me like you want to go back to go forward. Like you want to go back and use some of these te techniques and these ideas oh, in order to- Rome is- Dismantle the, it ultimately. Yeah, like Rome is the, is the true Silicon Valley of humanity. A lot of the ideas and things that we need yeah. have been, are from thousands and thousands of years ago. It's just like, what do we need for our yeah. Maslow's hierarchy of need chart? What is, mm. what are our personal needs as a human being? And what we need the most is 
each other. Mm. That's why we gather together, just like the antelopes that are running out there. Mm-mm. We gather together. And what is the best form of each other? Family, to keep our families close. Mm-hmm. But cities have been designed to create more problems that can create more industries. So it's designed that your job is 45 minutes away so that you can spend time in traffic so that the cars have more wear and tear and and spend more gas and take more gas. But to think of communities where the church is in the center of the community and then, uh, then the school, cafeterias, sustainable gardening, and homes. This is the concept that I have. This is what, we, this is what me and Rick Fox went to the Bahamas uh, as we're working on hurricane-proof homes right now. We're mm. thinking of how to organ look, I mean, look at the amount of wind that's coming through. You yeah. know, these houses are gonna be way yeah, I mean, lower than I put on here, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. this is not a hurricane, obviously. No, but it, I mean, it whips through. Yeah, and one and, of, yeah. when I was creating the dome. And it's energy it, too, right? I mean, that's what you were saying before. I mean, it, oh, it's it, a, it, it, I mean God, the elements give you what you need, is what you're saying. Yeah, God gives everything that we need. What I love about being Christian is I've always been an innovator but it always seemed like all the innovators were working for, I don't know, Anran, I heard the term or something like these ideas that there is no God, all this, and it's just working for the valuation of a company Mm -hmm. as opposed to working for the rebirth or, it's not a rebirth, I, I might not find the right word, but working for a renewal of the planet and a humility in humanity to understand that we will not destroy the earth. We could destroy the resources. We can destroy ourselves. And we destroy ourselves and then the earth goes on. Sure. So regardless of what's happening at Wall Street and what's happening at the board, uh, at the, you Mm -hmm. know, with with trade and a Pangea type mentality, Mm -hmm. a UN Mm -hmm. coming together. One thing, no matter what side you're on, you're considered to be a bad guy or a good guy. Everybody wants a similar thing, and that's for the world to be better for their children. Mm-hmm. So if someone's fighting in a war, mm-hmm. they want the Facts. world to be better for Facts. their children. Yeah. And what we're not realizing, being all God's creation is, we have so much more in common than we think. I think there's something planted in us, this idea of you know, human nature, even something I was saying, uh, I, uh, I saw on Silicon Valley where this guy was like, I don't want the world to be fixed if, I, if I'm not the one fixing it. <laughs> something. <laughs> but no, you're right. We, we put us, you know, we, we do. We always put ourselves right, right mm-hmm. in, the, in the center of trying to solve things. But I often think that as society, we lack direction and the unity needed to do it as one, right? Yeah. We it's, don't always have to be the one that does it. You know, this yeah. interview alone yeah. might do it. I could be in there and, you know, uh, have these ideas of civil engineering and using aqueducts and sustainable gardening and farming. Uh, But there's people out there that are going to see this and they're like, they're going to come to the table and say, you know, I've done, I've studied this for 10 years. I've Mm. studied this for 10 years. I've Mm. studied this for 10 years. And it's something where everybody, all the Fortune 500 companies, all the founders have to come to the table and say, this is what we want. We were here in 2012. It's a difference between founders 
and stockholders. Yeah. What would you say the difference is? <laughs> well, the founder has the ultimate responsibility for the legacy at hand. The stockholder has the ultimate responsibility for the money and the power and the business of the moment in the moment. Yeah, so you gotta look. Look at like Gary from Restoration Hardware. They try to kick him out of his company. Yeah. And it Because his work. legacy didn't match up with the with the with the with the with the power, you know, with the the money and the and they had the to br- the they had to bring him back. Mm. That's the thing with the founder. Founders are special, bro. Yeah. That's living founders. Yeah. You gotta honor those living founders, those are the great, 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 great grandfathers of what's being built. So who are, the, who, are the, who are the founders right now that you're speaking to? All of them in this interview. <laughs> Give me a call. Four years ago, we did the same thing, but the difference was, and this is, the fun, this is how much you've changed over four years. Four years ago, you did the same thing. You turned to the camera and you were like, I need, I need, I need support to build my vision with Yeezy, and I need people to understand my place in fashion, my place outside of just making music and I want to be taken seriously. And, I, and, and you said, give me a call. Now there's a different, there's a different mission. And that required you to um, commit whole, like wholesale to your faith, not just as I am a Christian, but wholesale. You right? know who my favorite founder is? Who? Jack Dorsey. Right. Why? Just incredibly smart, visionary. Mm-hmm. He created a bank on his third company, at one company it fell, his second company's Twitter, created Square, and now he's got a new arm, I like to say arm, that mm. division, mm. a bank that allows people to buy stock in companies as big as, I'm gonna say his company, I don't know how to say the name, but it's the one that cost 314,000 Warren Buffett's, Berkshire Hathaway. Jack Dorsey's created an app where someone can buy into that stock at a dollar. I'm not saying, that that is not possible somewhere on the stock market. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying he created the app mm. that allows everyone to be investors. To be invested. Uh, I mean, that's just one of the things he did. One of the things that he did is he he uh, wanted to invest in me early, and he never he never tried to sun me. A lot of times I would go out and meet with people in Silicon Valley. And it was really like the first episode of Silicon Valley where Kid Rock is like, yo, I'm I'm Kid Rock. (laughs) And the very next conversation is, yo, that's Kid Rock. He's the brokest person here. (laughs) Right. 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 So you were marginalized, you were trivialized. You felt trivialized in that experience as an entertainer trying to play play tech. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you know, now that I'm in service to Christ, Mm -hmm. my job is to spread the gospel Mm to let people know what Jesus has done for me. You know, I've spread it a, a lot of things. I, I, there was a time I was letting you know what high fashion had done for me. I was letting you know what the Hennessy had done for me. I was mm. letting you know all these things, but now I'm letting you know what Jesus has done for me. And in that, I'm no longer, uh, I'm no longer a slave. I'm a son now, a son of God. I'm free through to Christ. I'm thinking of something I want to say out loud, Christian innovator. When you think about the church, because it has to stand on the word so hard, it loves to be extra traditional to the point of blocking innovation. So when we started, 
Sunday service, we were able to be free where people were in doubt mm -hmm. of it and questioned. Some people still in question now, saying it's not a church. You can't call it a church because you don't have a pastor. It, all of these things. Is it a church? Well, we have a pastor now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but is it a church? Like, I mean, is that is that kind of the ultimate compliment for you that Sunday service is a church? Well, let's ask let's ask North what she thinks. Um, we based our design loosely, not loosely. Okay, we Zarod, we we, we Zarod James Terrell. We uh, <laughs> we one to one did. <laughs> so <laughs> we, uh, we a good, it's a good we, one to use. He's a good one to use. Yeah. So we and I have the utmost respect for He's or, unreal. for Ortega also. Right, right. The head of Zara, because mm -hmm. I, I would like to Zara Zara. Right. Uh, I want to Zara their infrastructure. Right. And the way that the, their office environment. So, the 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 church that we did, I was you know slightly embarrassed to show James that we had copied his his uh, his circular space. Yep. And it didn't even have an Oculus at the top, so yep. we just copied the way he did the benches right. and we did some lights. But the lights would move slow, and sometimes it looked like belly. So it was a big yurt. Yeah. So what is your? Yeah, it's like a big sort of like rounded TP type environment. Oh yeah, yes. Like, yeah. So I showed, you know, North a picture of a James Terrell structure mm -hmm. uh, that I loved, and she said, "That looks like church." Mm. That's what church looks like to mm. North. Mm. And North is, you know, she was last night just actually crying about when she couldn't go to church, when it would be out of town and she'd be at school. And she was like, church needs to be here every Sunday. So now we'll only move the church mostly on Friday and only move the choir mostly on Friday and throughout the week, but we'll always have it at home because church does need to be a place that people know they can go to and they don't have to hop on a flight and chase it down and mm -hmm. find that's what is a part of what I think makes it uh, a church. Another thing is when North talks about church, he says, I'm going to bring my friends here and I'm going to dance. Tell me someone that you know that's in our age group that their most positive memory of their childhood, of one of them equally was going to church, where people were like, I want to go to church. Mm. And what do you think that is? Sitting in those pews, the tradition, the four walls. God doesn't exist only in four walls. Mm. God is everything and everywhere. Mm. So Christian innovation, Christian innovators, that's the net that we're casting for the organization that we have now, looking for- Christian innovator, Christian entertainer, rapper, pop, uh, preacher. Well, no longer entertainer. I'm not here for anyone's entertainment. Interesting. Interesting. So let me ask you this real quick, because I because I want to go here for a minute. Yeah. North's all in. You're raising your family with in this environment now, and they support you, and they and and they're believing. Kim as well. Yes. Right. So what about like say you're making this album? What about those who are talented, who bring something special to the table, who are creative, who inspire you in that regard, but not necessarily worshiping at the altar? How's your relationship with them changed because you're so driven by your faith now? They're still here. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe it was King David. Now, I'm not a theologian. I'm a recent convert. Uh, so I just wanted to say that before I start sure. quoting or misquoting scripture. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, you're on a journey. Yes. 
So uh, yeah, that was this journey of this album. You know, there was times where I was asking people to fast during the album. Mm. I was asking people to, this is gonna be radical, what I'm about to say, I know this is, we, we can look at it to edit. There's times where I was <laughs> asking people to not have premarital sex while they were working on the album. Mm -hmm. I know that's one with the shade room. Be like, what you mean? Don't have premarital sex. You better turn that Meg Thee Stallion on right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so that but seriously, there's times where I was, you know, there's times where I went to people that were working on other projects and said, could you just work and focus on this? And not just because you needed their attention, but because it wasn't in keeping with the spirit of what you were making. You thought that it was at odds, what they were working on. Yeah, I thought it would be... It would tarnish the experience. Yeah, I thought if we could all focus and fast. I mean, it's known when people pray together, families that pray together, stay yep. together. When people pray together and fast together, mm -hmm. the, the power is, is increased. So, so I had some things where theories, recent converts, they go in and, you know, we're a lot of times the most fire and brimstone, the yeah. most judgmental. Yeah. Because we don't know what to, we don't, everything that we did was of and not for God. So we have to it's really It's a reaction discern. to a degree, isn't it? It's a reaction yeah. of what you've left behind. So yeah. you feel like you must commit 1,000% to something in order to leave behind those, the environment you came and from. And tell other people that are around that they need to be committed 1,000%. Right. And right. that's the thing, but God was patient and my family was patient for me when they, when they were praying for me. You know, when they saw me yeah. at the Pornhub Awards, there's family members, they couldn't tell me not to do it. All they could do yeah. was pray yeah. and be patient and it had to happen in God's time. So for me, when I have people around who I would like them to be where I'm at in my journey, there's time so all I could do is pray and be patient because right. it's gonna only be in God's time. But you've lived a well-documented life filled with temptation and it's, been, it's all throughout your records mm -hmm. um, and all throughout your music and it's been quoted. And what's your relationship with temptation now? How do you process that? Are you able, once you find God to the degree you have, to just switch that off? Is that possible? I think when people have been addicted to something. Mm -hmm. Like if you ask somebody that's a drug addict, it's like you say, are you still addicted? Well, yeah, you turn it off actually. Like mm. with God, I've been able to beat things that had a full control of me. Things that, you know, that, that Playboy that I found when I was five years old, was written all over the moment when I was at the MTV Awards with the Timberlands, the Balmain jeans, before people was rocking Balmain jeans, um, and the Hennessy bottle. It's like, that was such a, a script out of a rock star's mm. life. My mm. mom had passed mm. a year before, and I said, you know, some people drown themselves in drugs, and I drown myself in my addiction. Mm. Which was what? Sex. Mm. And that's what drove the ego, to fed the ego. I mean, that was part of feeding the ego. Money, clothes, cars, accolades, 
the advent of social media, mm-hmm. a Twitter account, mm-hmm. uh, paparazzi photos, mm-hmm. going to Paris Fashion Week, all of that. It's overwhelming. Was, I mean, when yeah. you clear your yeah. mind to the degree you are now, and you sit out here in Wyoming making music, which is spiritually fulfilling to you and hopefully to millions of other people. You know what? It, I was not just addicted to sex. I was also addicted to inspiration. But there's only one, you know. I was, aren't, they, aren't they both serving the same purpose to some degree? And I mean this, let me, let me qualify that statement. Okay, addiction, be it sex, drugs, alcohol, is a coping mechanism that is designed to fill a space in you that can't be filled in an insatiable hole, right? Requiring more mm-hmm. and more. Isn't, you said inspiration, maybe I'm meaning more ambition. Isn't that doing the same thing? Well, they said that, you know, a lot of successful men had a high sex drive. Right. The, who said that? You know, they. <laughs> <laughs> So many quotes attributed today. I love it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what I meant by addicted to inspiration, Mm -hmm. yeah, it could be, the sex could be an inspiration, but also just uh, a design image, you know, a jacket that I wanted to design, Mm. a a car image, a a house image. Mm. I was addicted to these kind of images coming across. Like there'll be people who say, oh, architecture is my porn. Mm. And people can be addicted to architecture. Mm-hmm. People, I mean, a big, big addiction is uh, work. Yeah, very much so. Workaholics. Most common. And what about, you know, men that say, men and women that say, hey, you know, I'm working this job so hard to make a better life for my kids. And when they look you, up and they hadn't spent their life yeah, yeah, with their yeah. kids. When do you, exactly. When do you live your life with your actual kids? Where do you find that balance? <laughs> you say, I'm working to make a better life with my kids, but when yeah. are you going to spend your life with your kids? Yeah. And really, it's it like, did you have to work for that fourth house? You know, did you have to work for the... Well, did you? Um, I didn't have to. There's a balance of family and calling that I specifically have. I have to protect and take care of my family and make sure with the power that God has Mm. put in my hands Mm. that I do everything that I can as the father to provide the best chance at them being the maximum success that they can be. Mm -hmm. That was a very specific- Very thoughtful answer. Yeah, because I didn't say normal life. No, it was very thoughtful. No. No, it was very deliberate. (laughs) It was very deliberate. Oh. And I get that. I understand. And I said as a father because That's they right. also have a mother. That's right. So and, it's the balance. And it's not that. about the fourth house. It's about yeah. the environment that you create. Ultimately, they're learning, right? Yeah. And also the environment of, because of my position mm-hmm. in the world, the environment that I inform for other people. You know, we've informed a successful celebrity marriage, a successful interracial marriage mm-hmm. where the husband was the darker color inside of America. We've, we've informed some things that I, I wasn't as into now where, you know, I literally was up there 
trying to have my daughter outdress Rihanna. <laughs> it sounds crazy when you say it out loud, but if you really think about it, it's like his daughter was walking around with a slip dress. I, the culture, was my God. Mm. Because and, and this was documented. I, this was documented yes. in Keeping Up with the Kardashians in, yeah. a, in, a, in a scene. Yeah. Really interesting to watch the dynamic of you and Kim, where she ultimately said you were complicit in this experience, yeah. and now you're asking me to change, and away from the cameras. That's that's another example of what you're talking about, is it not? I was. I, I always had a bit of a version of paparazzi, which has been documented mm. also, mm. and I've also had a a. a, a aversion to cameras being on at all times. Mm. There's a balance of when we have to be closed on yep. Sunday. But the uh, idea I was gonna say is, the, I thought I was the God of culture, but really culture was my God. And who invented the culture? The culture is cultivated by who? So if you were to think, what is the culture today what are some of the major things that it includes? And all of the major points of what might make the culture, um, the culture uh, bowing, I mean, taking a knee at a, at a football game, um, uh, wearing you know, expensive clothes, rapping about just rap, period, making money from rap, making money from basketball. Before I get to my point, can we name some other things that you say are part of the culture? Buying mm-hmm. jewelry. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the other things that we see on the culture? Using social media Correct. is a very major part of the culture. To be down with or with the culture, you have to use social media, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what other things? Okay, now let me just get to my point right now. None of these things that you need to be involved in in order to be down with the culture, are owned by black people. So who designed the culture? A lot of people would argue that you are instrumental in driving the culture and you own your own companies. That you have inspired that change. What's well, it's in, inspired now, but did, did you know that this is where I was going with it when I named all those things? You didn't name yourself, though. You didn't name yourself. You didn't name yourself. And, yeah, it's a very valid point. Mm. I think that's changing. I think that culture is very squarely going into the hands and the influence now of the the new founders. I mean, when Chance said don't sign anything, his tour was canceled like the next week. Mm. Spiritual warfare. Okay, let's talk about that. You're saying, okay, no, I get it. I get it. and God is changing. God is using me. Mm-hmm. God is using me to show off, I believe. He like, you know, God is, is similar to... He's saying he wanted the loudest voice and the, and the, the one who made the most noise to, to, to make the most impact? Yeah, he wanted to show off. He's like, now let me take uh-huh. this, let me take this Nebuchadnezzar type character. Nebuchadnezzar was the king, was it, is it uh, Babylon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ne- Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. And he looked at his entire kingdom and said, I did this. And God said, oh, for real, you did this? Sounds kind of similar, right? 
I'm standing on the tip of the mountain talking about Jesus, saying, That's right. I did this. I'm a God. That I'm a God. And I, I could talk to Jesus at the end of my show. I had <laughs> a guy dressed up as Jesus at the end of my show. He was standing on a huge mountain yeah. on that tour. And that huge mountain, first of all, I didn't make any money off that tour. I'm lugging a, a mountain around. And God said, okay. Nebuchadnezzar was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. He was, and he was still king. So not only was I diagnosed with mental illness, but mental illness is something that was used to take my dome down by 10 feet, to wash me out, to control me. Let me tell you one of the oh, things. Oh, you're saying that they tore it down because they, it, it was based on the fact that they considered what you were doing to be part of, to be crazy. No, that's not what I'm saying, but I, I see that you took it in that way. No, I was just comparing my dome and saying, this guy that can go up to the telethon, this mm. guy that, that we can cancel him off a of radio mm -hmm. and still 20,000 kids come to see him, and he's completely not played by the rules of the system and still the most relevant. Mm. We could take him off the time cover. We could do no covers on him on purpose. Mm -hmm. On purpose, we could just take away press, no publicist, we could do that. And he still has the number one searched brand on the planet. Meaning like number one, Yeezy. Number two, Off-White. Mm -hmm. Number three, Adidas. And then the other three was like Adidas, Nike, and mm -hmm. Louis Vuitton. Mm -hmm. I don't know which one was which one was which. But the number one was Yeezy. And all the other ones I'm closely associated mm -hmm. with in some way. Mm -hmm. Every one of these guys that are founders now have to look me eye to eye. Every founder on the planet. There will be a time where I will be president of the United States and I will remember, I will forgive, but I will remember any founder that didn't have the capacity to understand culturally what we were doing. Interesting tone though, like I will forgive, but I will remember is kind of like, it's sort of like a forgiving, threatening hybrid. <laughs> A little oh, well, bit. Oh, what I'm supposed to forget? No, you said you'll forgive, but what does remember mean if you forgive? Isn't forgiveness, if you forgive yourself for the life you lived up until six, seven months ago, do you still remember all the things I you've done? I will always remember every meeting and interaction I've had with Jack Dorsey, and I will always remember my meetings and interactions with Mark Zuckerberg, mm -hmm. and they've been completely different. Mm -hmm. With social media, people are brainwashed by it. People are addicted to it. It is the modern day cigarettes. Mm -hmm. When cigarettes first came out and Edward Bernays created the, uh, created the Torches of Freedom March to get women to feel empowered yep. by smoking cigarettes. This is from Century of Self and it shows that Edward Bernays was uh, Freud's cousin. So, you know, I don't know if I should even, even talk anymore. It's like, you guys- I've got so much what? more to ask you. I got so uh, much. I just flew to Wyoming. I got so much more to ask you. It might be five more years before I get to speak I to don't you. Know. You might be president by the time I speak to you next. Do you know how I'm going to be on the on the on the pecking order when you're president? You? Oh, we'll, you're right down. No, we'll do an interview. We'll do an interview. I don't do a lot of interviews anyway. I know you don't. It's good to see you again. <laughs> I'll next. probably do more interviews when I'm president. Um, 2024 is still a thing. It's still that's the that's the time frame. We're working on. You're working on, working on some things right now. So yeah, the. What I'm saying is mm. people are addicted to social media. People invest more into a photo on social media 
then they invest into real life. One of the reasons why I came to this ranch is to get outside. Anyone that's in a corporate environment, black or white, there's bureaucracy at every level. There's, there, there's rivalries on teams at every level. There's rivalries with coaches, with owners, with stockholders, with founders, and everybody goes home to their families and they want their, their sons and their daughters to be as successful as them, if not better. You know, mm -hmm. we're all people. Yeah. So this isn't to, to point fingers and say, this person is doing good and this person is doing bad. Mm. You know, I'm just giving you a flat opinion on what I currently see and what I feel and the pain that I have in my life. I suffer. I suffer and I appreciate the suffering because it's just, we can just feel a little bit of what Jesus felt when we suffer. But social media makes me suffer. Mm. I suffer from that. And by me saying this out loud, I'm sure that there's other married men that suffer in a similar way that are happy to hear me say, oh yeah, I'm suffering. Why just married men? Because social media prompts women in particular to put out content that they wouldn't have put out in Right, the so you're referring to your sex addiction. Yeah, well, not, yeah, it definitely could deal with my addiction, but when I was younger mm. and I wanted to see something like that, I had to you know, pay someone that was older to go to 7-Eleven mm. and buy it. Mm. Now, I got friends that got, have kids that are in, just out of grammar school and high school mm. that it's completely available. There is no NSFW. I'll load up right now on this computer and I'll load up some things and you'll be like, should that be NSFW mm -hmm. or not? Mm -hmm. Is it just covering just a bit of it? And, you know, there's people as a God-fearing, married, Christian, innovator, billionaire, founder, no one's going to take my opinion away from me. I've been giving my opinion my whole career. I didn't kill my career how many times? I'm gonna stop giving my opinion now. People, you know how many times people told me my career was over? Mm. No one is gonna control my opinion. And one of the things where people have been off, let off the hook a bit was this whole, oh, he's crazy. Oh, look at him, he's crazy. That got to mute my opinion for three, four years, but it's, God has the power Jesus is the force that brought the sanity back. Let me tell you how I brought some sanity uh, back by following God. When you are, um, yo, boo, can you not be on social media literally as you speak? <laughs> <laughs> See how hot it is? <laughs> oh, yeah. But just something else, like just either like focus the energy here or like be, do, go somewhere else or something like, or just do it in another room or something. Mm -hmm. But I'm not trying to put you on blast. I'm so just saying that Sorry, I'm like, <laughs> that I, no, but I go into this transcendent state in these Stay interviews where like, oh, I'm actually reading Larry's mind. What's Larry as, thinking? As you're speaking. I'm actually reading Josh's mind. I'm reading, um, uh, Mr. Boyd's mind, but what happened is exactly case in point. Something on the internet took a, 
distracted booze mind. That's what we're talking about mm. when people pray together mm -hmm. and you're in a room together and you can think things all the way through when that energy builds up. Because artists are like a lake. We reflect what's in front of us. So if you're in front of an audience and the audience is wider, you might say, everybody throw your hands in the air. Yeah. That wouldn't be appropriate if you like came in as one person sitting at the breakfast table and you're like, everybody throw your hands in the air. You're like, look, I'm just one person, bro. It's not, not, nobody else around here. But what I'm saying is you are a reflection of yeah. your room yeah. <laughs> that yeah. you're in when yeah. you are. Yeah, you're you know, and, and absorbing and absorbing that yeah. energy, try to translate that energy yeah. and create something great. Yeah. You know, I want to yeah. actually... That, that brings something to mind. When I saw the Pablo tour with the stage mm -hmm. and I watched the way that people moved under it, it felt like a worship. And it felt, the reaction felt like, like icon and idol worship. It didn't feel like a, like a normal show. And I wonder now that you're putting your energy into something, channeling it into something bigger than you, how, how hard that is. Looking back on it with some hindsight, just reflect for a minute how hard it is being on a stage when all that energy is coming at you and you didn't have a place to channel it like faith. You, you, exactly. This is the exact point I was making. When you're not serving God, you're serving everyone else. You're serving your ego. You're serving your bank account. You're serving your legacy. You're you know, serving your wife and kids, which yep. is a good thing to serve. You're serving your management or the people that you're managing, you're serving, um, you're serving Hollywood, you're serving your reputation, you're serving the, the responsibility of your race, you're serving, um, you know, there's a, so th the thing is, I am, you'd say what I do with music, that I am a, a top chef, be like a five-star Michelin chef. Correct. Of what I do with music, right? So imagine that level of chef having to serve at 10 different restaurants all at the same time. Right. And drive different places. Those meals. Sounds like a road to bankruptcy. A road to bankruptcy, a road to TMZ quotes, a road to the world just not understanding. Falling saying, out with your friends? Yeah, falling out with your friends. And people just not understanding. The main thing is, look, we are living in the dark ages. We're living in an age where people die of hunger. We're living in an age where people are being killed in the street by their own race. We're living in an age where one in three African-Americans are being locked up. We're living in an age where there are children being held at the border, some with their real parents, some not with their real parents. We're living in an age where houses are not sustaining through hurricanes. And there's uh, companies that are worth trillions of dollars around the world with geniuses just working on how to make solely their product better. We're living in an age where someone could be fired for what they think if they say it out loud. That's the age. Wake up. This is 2019. This is where we are at right now. This is what Dave Chappelle's whole point was. Stop killing the art. The artists are supposed to express themselves to be able to have that eternal three-year-old at all costs. People say, oh, this is going to kill your brand. But my brand is expressing how I feel, whether it's in line with what you thought the brand was even two days ago. A smart man has the ability to pivot and say, I think something different now. I don't think this because this was the culture. I don't think North should wear crop tops just because I had her wearing a slip dress when she was two years old. 
I think and feel differently now, now that I am Christian, now that I'm the founder of a $3 billion organization and married for five years. I have five years of marriage under my belt. Now tell me who you're going to listen to. What have you learned from five years of marriage? <laughs> what have you learned from that? What I learned from five years of marriage is it is the greatest bond. It is a God bond to be able to have someone that you can call on, someone you could call out, mm -hmm. someone that could call on you and call you out, mm -hmm. equally yoked, someone to complain to, and someone to grow with mm. as we grow and raise our children. That sounds like real commitment. Like I'm mm. not just saying like mm. 10 years of marriage, but that sounds like a lifelong realization. Those are all mm. key attributes to a lifelong bond. Absolutely. Is That's it? it. I mean, I told my wife, I said, Jesus King is coming. There's gonna be a lot of attacks. There's gonna be some silly attacks. Why do you say that? Are you talking about spiritual um, spiritual attacks warfare and just spiritual warfare, and then also just societal control attacks? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I was I was afraid to speak my mind when I was when I didn't own my masters. I own my masters. You think I ain't gonna talk my mind right now? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? This give me some other examples where someone is saying. Um something that isn't what you're culturally supposed to say. Mm. Give me an example of something, of a, of a position where someone is saying something that you're not culturally supposed to say. Whether, I bet there's only one name you can think of. You don't want to say it, do you, Libra? Nah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm all right with that. that but say they, the but, name, but, say the name. No, yeah, 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 no, no, for sure, for sure. I mean, Donald Trump's on the list. There's no doubt, there's no doubt about it. And I, and I don't, I, I, I'm not a fan, man. Yeah. And that's, that, that's an understatement, right? But that's yeah. okay, we're different. Mm -hmm. we have, and we have different approaches to how we live our life. Yeah. But one thing you said earlier on, which I do totally relate to, which I love, is we're trying to leave the world in a better place for the people that matter to us, our kids. Okay. And, and, if you're too young to have kids, you're trying to make the world a better place for yourself. And she may be in a situation where it's expected of her now, but I do think Greta Thunberg at one point was on that list, having a 16-year-old kid from Sweden coming out and putting everything on hold and saying what she believed in. And climate change does concern me, and I do think it's a fucking issue. And I think the fact that she came out and did that was huge. And now it's like, oh, that's culturally accepted because she has an army of kids behind her, but at the time she was one kid. She's the only person who stood out on the street and did that mm -hmm. on her own. Do you know how many times I've walked down the street when I've been felt so frustrated about that and thought, what if I just stop what I'm doing and stand out in the middle of a street in Los Angeles with a placard? Would anyone join me, right? I'm sure I'm not alone in feeling that way. And it feels overwhelming. Like what change is it really going to make? She just showed us up. She did that on her own. Mm -hmm. Started with one person. That was beautiful. And it's beautiful. But it's also terrifying that we're leaving that world you know i see why you're here i get it mm -hmm. i understand why you why, why you're checking out it was too noisy for you there it was too mm -hmm. noisy and you responded by making as much noise as you could and we're lucky we got mm -hmm. amazing art out of it amazing art yeah. if this was a trade kanye we 
did all right out of it. You know what? This is so funny. <laughs> Facts. Well, that's good, but also I owe nobody nothing. My forefathers have already fought the fight. So it's not a fight when I put the hat on. It's simply my opinion and it's next subject. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, <laughs> there is part of you that is liberal. I'm the most liberal. He's you keeps talking about the liberals, being. the liberals. Like, yeah. it's like they're going to come flying down the mountain here in Wyoming, like on horses and stuff. It's like, you know, come on. Well, they wouldn't come to Wyoming. They'd rather <laughs> be with no self-service and, you know, in the valley, just driving to like an right, right. eighth meeting a day. All right. I'm a Kanye West fan. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Kanye. I'm a Kanye. It's a reality. I'm a Kanye West fan. <laughs> what you played me of... of oh, well, I was going to say, go, go, that, go. that was shocking for a Kanye West fan. But this shows you that God is hilarious. Why? God, you know, there's one gate. There's two gates, or there's three gates, but there's two main gates when you're with houses at the end of the cul-de-sac. Mm. One gate goes, and my house is at the end of the cul-de-sac. Who else house do you think is at the end of the other cul-de-sac of the gate? The name of the gate is their house at the end of the cul-de-sac. The name of the gate is my house at the end of the cul-de-sac. What other rapper do you think? I don't know. Help me out. I'm trying to work out where okay. the cul-de-sac is. Okay. Go so God is funny. Yeah. Drake right. lives, oh, four literally. Blocks, lives four blocks down the street from Got it, me. got it, got it. So that shows you that God is like has got a sense of humor. The Why? Because he's the polar opposite of, what, of where you're at. No, no, it's just because there was a rivalry. For oh, right, 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 right. Now, liberals love art, mm-hmm. right? And now, I am unquestionably, undoubtedly, the greatest human artist of all time. It's just not even a question anymore at this point. It's just a fact, right? So, for the greatest artists in human existence to... Put a red hat on was like God's uh, practical joke right. on all liberals. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, right. yeah, and, yeah! That, and that's why it hurt. not Kanye. And that's why it hurt so much. It hurt so <laughs> many. It hurt people a lot, you know, because <laughs> you are held up as this person who continues to provide us. But those, but those liberals, those liberals never. No fans, man, fans, fans. Yeah, also, fans, fans, and liberals never stood in front of the prisons to stop there from being one and three locked up or the system that's set up where there's actually not enough legal job opportunities yeah. for us to avoid from being locked up. Now you got the Clintons, that's privately owned prisons. You get what I'm saying? It's like everyone, everyone, no one is God. Everyone bases their opinions on a group of propaganda-esque images fed to us from the very first cartoon or the very first cereal box that we saw in a grocery store. And our environment, friends, schools, religion, uh, country, mm-hmm. music that we listen to, all informs our opinion and what side we're on. We've been herded into an idea of blue or red, right, left. But there's actually a time when we were closer to heaven, when we were six months before we could learn, before we learned how to speak, before things got so compli- uh, so so complicated where we actually had more in common. All of these things that separate us, it's like 
when you don't spend time talking to so, somebody for a long time, you start to build up more and more and more and more and more reasons yeah, why you shouldn't be yeah, talking to Yeah, there's anxiety in it, and, and distance creates that anxiety. The sure. distance has created an anxiety. We, we are the same human beings. We are gods. And that man versus machine is man is the machine. So we if are you're, gods, imperfect creation because we perish. Go ahead. So if you're in a situation now where you're able to, 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 to you want to mend that, you want to bring those things together, starting with the relationships in your life, are you able to do that? With the, with the friendships that have, that, have, that have deviated, you talk about the rivalry with Drake, you talk about this public fallout with people who you've shared a really valuable part of your life with, Jay-Z, people like that. Are you able to mend that? Is this putting you on a path of recovery in personal relationships as much as it is in your own relationship with yourself? Absolutely. You cannot be in service to God mm. and be mad at your brother. Have you started that process? Next door. Mm. Yeah, I go to Drake's house. Just I walk over there with no security and just uh, leave my phone number. Here's my cell. But I, you know, I'm not trying to ring the doorbell and say, "Oh, you gotta, you gotta come out." Sorry, mm. right now he might be busy. Mm-hmm. You know, he he got a studio in there. You know, he probably, you know, you just gonna think that Drake is recording at all times and stuff. Like, man, he probably recording. No, no, man, we got. He probably recording. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you would like to see that. You'd like to see that. Yo, 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 man, yeah. can I talk? He in the booth. <laughs> Always in the booth. <laughs> You know, rappers, but I stay in the booth. <laughs> I don't leave the booth. <laughs> Speaking of the booth, I put my bedroom in the booth. Put your <laughs> sleep in the booth. I sleep in the booth. I sleep in the booth. <laughs> I wake up. I I boss for breakfast. Yeah. So, so I go leave my cell and things like that. You know, it's like, um, mm-hmm. you know, with with Jay. You know, I I love. All of these people, but you got to know, there's a there's a lineage of J to Yay to Drake. It's you know this person is your idol, then you get to know him, then you be friends, then you turn to frenemies, then you turn to enemies, and then you got to bring back the positive energy. Mm. But that is the lineage of like rap kings, mm. you know. Mm. And inspirers, because Jay was my biggest, you know, inspiration. By the time I got to New York, and we had the throwbacks, I'm gonna tell you, I'm really, uh, uh, Big Boy had the throwbacks first. In the what was it? It's called Sky High. Mm-hmm. I think he had the Astros, mm-hmm. and then he had another one. I think he might have had in the Watch for the Hook. Video. He might have had it, but Mitchell has had a little stand at Lennox. And I would be going down there doing beats for Jermaine Dupree. And I pulled up to the stand and grabbed a throwback. And we started getting a lot of throwbacks. And I'd pull up to, you know, baseline. And they were like, you know, I pull up with my throwback. And like, Jay's like, man, that's nice. You know, like that. Then I pull up the next, I got another throwback. Then four days, they say, what, you stay in Atlanta? <laughs> <laughs> and then Don C was using this thing that we, that we hadn't heard of called the internet, selling jerseys, you know, online. Mm. So he been had a store like RSVP. It's crazy. That yeah. was like, think about, think about that for a second. Think yeah. about like, yeah. that probably feels like a drop in the ocean, right? 
yeah, how innocent that time was back mm-hmm. then, yeah. who you were back then versus who you are now, mm-hmm. and the journey you've been on to get to this place, yeah. that's a life. What happens to all the work? What happens to all the music? What happens to the songs that we still love? What happens mm-hmm. to those? Y'all can listen to them. Sure. But what happens to those from your perspective? <laughs> Wait, they, and thank you for that. And we will. But what happens to those? I, I, I'm, I'm going back. Y'all about to get the George Lucas versions right, of all right, those. Right. But he added all them robots. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like, you're yeah. such a lovely God. I love it. <laughs> like, it's like when George Lucas took the old songs. Right. I mean, the old clips. There's a church in the wild. <laughs> yeah. right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Literally. Literally. Literally, yes. You got to get them new versions. You got to get those old versions. We are removing Jesus' wife from the, the um, I, that's a, huh. I, I went to the Vatican and there was a Raphael painting and the, the person said, this blacked out part is where Raphael painted Jesus' wife. Mm. And the Pope was so mad that he sent people to kill him and Raphael died of a cold before they could kill him. Mm. And that was, when I was saying about when they wanted to tear the domes down, I was like, I was gonna tear it down mm. before y'all. Mm. Like, but there's no win in that. But I was gonna tear them down because I was just experimenting anyway. They think they, you know what I'm saying? They did something. They think, oh man, we made you tear down. I was experimenting with them domes anyway. Yeah. We were just trying to get, we were just getting proportions. We were seeing what it felt like. We took the domes up and we would eat there. And we started having, you know, Things like three, you want some three thousand years? Larry, you'd say that was three thousand years ago. We stepped into mm-hmm. we by the fire. Mm-hmm. Oh. How proprietary can you be in an environment where you serve the Lord? And I want to bring up a specific example. This this idea of that is such a good question. This idea of trademarking Sunday service, which ultimately is a term you have created an environment which is communal and belongs to everyone, it isn't just a Kanye West show. But there's the idea of like. Ownership over that term. How does proprietary behavior exist in a, in, a, in a time of ultimate servitude? It isn't. Everything is for God. And we can receive donations. Mm. That's the only way that it can work. So, the, so the money you make from the merch is, is, is in donation to the cause? I mean, I would say so. I've, you know, spent if... If tithing is twenty, if tithing is ten percent, Sunday service is definitely called me twenty percent at this time. But let me sure. let me just uh, sure <laughs> let me uh, let me sh- make sure. But it's an iteration where we haven't completely solved it, so we're praying on it. We're praying for the answer mm-hmm. in God's time for me to be able to work. Only for the church. That, you want to say my 20-year vision? That's my 20-year vision. Everything that I do is for the church. Even designing a shoe for the church. Even all the shoe names. Our shoe names be like John 316 instead of 350s. Now, everything is for, now, mm-hmm. everything is for the church. That's a vision that I, that I have to be able to be an innovator and a Christian innovator. Christian innovator. Think about this. You know, it's a lot of a lot of organizations have capitalized on my creativity and innovation. So, uh, if everything is for the church, yeah. and that includes the the relationship with your fans, let me ask you this: 
what is the relationship between a Kanye West fan and somebody who ultimately is following the same path as you? And is there a desire? Is there a desire ultimately to convert? To convert, to convert people through this process? It's not a desire. It's my only mission and calling is mm. to spread the gospel. When I make a song, it's to spread the gospel. When we make a device, this uh, portable stem player that we design with Teenage Engineering uh, for this album mm-hmm. and albums moving forward, is to spread the gospel. There's the ranch, any ranch that we use, the ideas behind it to spread the gospel, to show everything that I do and to be more respectful to my body as a temple. Yep. You know, even like, you know, I had, I was thinking, oh, you know, just using my mind and running this company was good enough. No, I need to, mm-hmm. you know, watch my diet and How watch have you what done I'm that? eating. What changes have you made? Uh, I didn't order that frozen margarita today at, uh, at lunch. Do you drink at all? <laughs> you know what, I had stopped drinking completely uh, when when I first converted, mm-hmm. and now I'll have a drink. It's just mm. what I what I've been told is to not have drunkenness. Because <laughs> I was thinking, man, is the just the taste of alcohol a sin? To taste the alcohol on your lips. Because that's what just, I'm trying to work yeah. out. Like like when you've come from. Okay, so check it out. Mm. So if if this if 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 becoming a born again Christian is an ultimate reflection upon life before as being sin, right? Not everything in life was sin. But when you first become born again, that's what you have to address. You have to take a look at the whole picture and and almost untangle it from that. Work backwards from that, right? Like what is a sin and what is not? That's that's an intense experience. Surely. Yes. And then you figure out that you still sin. I started giving myself two curses a day. Oh, like, like it was wow. a video game. Like, wow. Uh, this is now people say, you know, God doesn't have a scorecard. I gave myself a Christian scorecard. Yeah. And I'm like, today, yeah. I was like, a, I hit an 80. Yeah. I was yeah. a 90. I hit a 90. And at certain times I get on the phone with somebody, I'm like, man, they about to lower my Christian scorecard. <laughs> like an Uber rating. Because <laughs> you're, you're trying to be the best Christian you can be from day one. I'm, you always, always want to be, but I mean, like, you know what I mean. I'm, I'm trying to work this terminology out myself, but yeah. you've always been a Christian, but you're, you've made a com- complete commitment, so it's all or nothing from day one, and then you have to work in what is appropriate from that point forward. But it's it's never all or nothing because you, you're a human being, you're right, not, right, right, right. I guess what I'm getting at. Are, are you allowing? Are you being kind to yourself through this process? Are you allowing fallibility? In this process, yeah, but then I'll be repenting because I'll, you know, go and like look at something I'm not supposed to be looking at on on the internet, right? And how do you right. process that now? Guilt? And shame? then this shame? is how it is. I'm not saying, oh no, no, no shame. Now that's something that Christ has uh, removed is the shame. What happened is. It's, it doesn't work like karma. God is so merciful that it's not directly connected. So this is a thought in my mind that's incorrect and quite arrogant to think that God would immediately punish me mm-hmm. for me knowingly falling short. 
That's of, the ego talking again. Yes, yeah, the ego talking. But I give you, I just give you an example of mm-hmm. it. You know, say if I slip up and look at something pornographic online, and then the next day I get into a big argument with my wife, mm-hmm. or uh, or some of the designs don't come back right at the office, or a song mm-hmm. we lose a file or something. Someone will show up to the studio. You know, this is incorrect, but this ego and arrogance has me thinking, oh, it's because I did that thing. Right. And then I it's instantly- correlation. Yeah, I try to correlate it, but that's not God. God doesn't work like that. And we, we don't know how God works, but I'll go and be repenting. I'm sorry for loading up that interracial. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was the most like me and my wife. <laughs> You have been listening to part one of my most recent conversation with Kanye West. At Apple Music, I get to talk to incredible artists all the time. So make sure that you subscribe here and never miss another conversation, including part two of this interview. Don't forget all roads lead back to music and Kanye West's incredible and flawless back catalog, including his latest album, Jesus is King, is available to stream now on Apple Music.